1: Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Second Chronicles, Chapter Thirty One. That's Second Chronicles Chapter Thirty One. And give me an Amen once you are there. That's Second Chronicles Chapter Thirty One. Amen. Amen. All right. And so, Father, we come before you again this evening with thanksgiving and praise for your love, for your grace, for your mercy upon our lives, Lord. You are the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of Moses, Lord, the God of Ezekiel, the God of uh, Jeremiah the Apostle Paul. and Father, we've come into your house in the name of Jesus, your Son, and we just ask that you would speak to us, Lord, where we're at. Lord, you know our heart's condition. I pray, Father, that you would help us to enter into your spiritual realm of reality, that you would, Holy Spirit, open up our spiritual senses to receive from you your living word, Remove pride from us, remove doubt, remove sin, forgive us, Lord, our sins, and speak to us as we study your word. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, amen. Amen. All right, so as you know, King Hezekiah is on the throne of uh, the southern kingdom of Judah. The northern kingdom of Israel has already been taken into captivity by the Assyrians, They were taken into captivity because of the rejection of God. They worshiped the false Canaanite gods and did great wicked deeds. And so the Lord allowed the Assyrians to take them captive into slavery. But in the southern kingdom, there's still hope. And King Hezekiah is of the lineage of King David. And he is a good king. And we're told that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And he was only 25 years old when he took the the, the reins there. And his father was a very wicked man who did not love God at all. And so the temple of the Lord was closed up. The doors were broken. It was in shambles. People were not worshiping the Lord. There were pagan idols all over Jerusalem, all over the streets and the high places. And so Hezekiah comes in who loves God and just, just immediately begins to clean house. And like literally, they took the rubbish out of the temple. They repaired the doors of the temple. He called the priests and the Levites back in and he got them serving the Lord again, cleaning everything up and getting ready to have, uh, the first real Passover and, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread celebration that they've had in decades. And so, uh, word is getting out that this is a, a, a good king and, uh, a king who loves the Lord. In fact, uh, it says that he was like King David. And so in the way he loved God. And so, uh, he, he really, you know, did all these reforms and then held the first uh, Passover celebration that just reminded the Israelites that they've been saved by the hand of a mighty God and that those pagan idols that they were trusting in before can do nothing for them. In fact, this world today can do nothing for people. It's only through Jesus Christ that people have life and the enemy is a, is a thief he's evil, he's wicked, and he wants to destroy people's lives by the same lie that he gave Adam and Eve, which is you can be your own God. You don't really need to be listening to the Bible or to the Lord. You can do whatever you want and still get to heaven. And so nothing can be further from the truth. So Judah is, they all have come together to celebrate the Lord. They've all come together to honor God for the first time in a long time. He even sent uh, runners out to the northern part of Israel to see if there was any uh, remnant people who escaped the captivity. Any of the Israelites, their brothers up there, and a whole bunch of them came down, guys, to celebrate the Lord. So it's a revival that's happening, and uh, they they go ahead and and celebrate the Passover. The sacrifices are happening again. They they are praising the Lord. It is alive in Jerusalem. For the first time in a long time. And, uh, they, you know, after seven days of celebration, the Lord was moving so powerful that they all with one accord said, let's keep doing it. So they did it for another seven days, right? So after about 15 days, that's where we're at in our story. 15 days of that first feast of unleavened bread and, uh, and, uh, Passover. And the last verse of chapter 30, it says, then the priests, the Levites arose and they blessed the people and their voice was heard. And so they blessed the people loud enough for everybody to hear They, they pronounced God's blessing upon the people and, uh, and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place to heaven. And so it's beautiful. We're told here that their prayers hit the ears of our Lord and he was blessed. He was blessed because of the, the effort that all the people made to reestablish worship they that all the efforts they made to travel down from such far distances it just showed their heart right their faith was seen in the fact that they traveled so far it was seen in the fact that they dragged those animals in there to slaughter them and in, in uh giving the burnt offerings and the peace offerings to the lord they just God sees obedience, right? It's not just talk, but they were coming and honoring the Lord. So he blessed, he heard their prayers, and they were thoroughly blessed. Verse 1 of chapter 31, it says, Now when all this was finished, all Israel who were present went out to the cities of Judah and broke the sacred pillars in pieces. They cut down the wooden images and threw down the high places and the altars from all Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim and Manasseh, until they had utterly destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned to their own cities, every man to his possession. And so when they were done with the celebration on their way home, they went through the cities. And as they went through the cities, the streets, they began to tear down the pagan perverse idols. And they were perverse. The Ashtoreth poles were pornographic in nature. These were Canaanite, idols. These were uh, Canaanite uh, altars of incense, and, and they were everywhere. They were everywhere because Hezekiah's father had wanted it to be readily accessible for the people to worship these pagan gods. And part of the worship, as you know, to Baal and Ashtoreth was aborting their firstborn children, which they did. They cast their, their babies in the fire Nothing much has changed. And so it was a very perverse and wicked thing. But the people's hearts were touched so much, right, in their celebration of the Lord that as they left, they were just destroying things that needed to be destroyed. These pagan idols, these wicked things, they needed to come down. Nothing has changed for the Christian, when we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when we hear the message of the cross, that he died on the cross for our sins to take away all of our sins, and that he rose on the third day to justify us, when we put our faith in that message, it comes with the price. And the price is that we give our lives fully to him. He has purchased us with his precious blood. Now we belong to to him. And one of the essential things that we do once we come to know the Lord is that we begin to see the things that used to be in the way between us and God as repulsive and wicked and evil. We just want to get rid of those things that almost destroyed us in our lives. For me, practically coming from the gang life and coming from just uh all kinds of perversion. As I walked with the Lord, he began to clarify to me, to my heart by the Spirit, that there were things in my home that I needed to get rid of, things that were wicked, things that were evil. A lot of them were movies. A lot of them, you know, all the gangster movies, I had them all, you know, and all of the just just stuff that, you know, we shouldn't have now as believers. You know, we, we should live a, a, a pure life. There was music CD. Back then there were CDs. Some of you kids don't know what those are. But, you know, I had all this gangster rap, I had all of this stuff that I had, and the Holy Spirit was convicting me that those things were, were bad now. Those things are going to drag me down. Get rid of those things that cause you to compromise. And so I love the fact that that they're tearing down these idols, you know, and uh, it, it really is a sign that there's been a change in a person's heart when they are willing and able and they begin to take away things from their life that hinder their walk with the Lord. It really is a sign that one has been saved. And people will ask me oftentimes, "How do I know that I'm saved?" Well, you begin to really love the things of God and hate the things that he hates. And so there's stuff in our in our rooms, in our homes, in our lives that, you know what, we don't need this junk no more. It 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 it, it stumbles me. It 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 quenches the Holy Spirit in me. And I, I don't need these things. They're not edifying. They bring me down. And, uh, you know, and sometimes those idols can be people. They can be friends. You, you ought to not keep no more company. You ought not to keep. As the Bible says, that evil company corrupts good habits. I came from a gang of a, over a 100 members. And when I came to know Jesus Christ, I was alone with maybe like a few people. And that was it. But I had to learn to be okay with the Lord alone. And I was never alone. And I had to learn that I'm never alone and you are never alone. If you have to let go of, of, of some relationships that aren't good, then to the glory of God, do it. It'll show that you love the Lord. Tearing down altars is a good thing. Getting rid of idols is a good thing. <clears throat> the apostle upon his first letter to the Thessalonians Thessalonians. That sounds funny. Thessalonians chapter one. He said to them concerning their faith, they were very mature. The Thessalonian church was very mature. He said that he had heard about their faith. They were so mature. He said, your faith had gone forth, not only to Macedonia, he said, and Achaia, But also in every place, like he had heard they really have faith. He said, your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Imagine that. We don't need to say anything. We don't need to say much to you guys because you, you, you guys are really mature. He says, for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. So Paul had heard that from the, from the people who heard about the Thessalonians faith that Paul, you really made an impact to the Thessalonian church. He said, what entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. And so, man, their faith was known. And one of the things that went out was that they had turned away from the idols in their life. They got rid of all of those, those false pagan gods there in, um, Thessalonica. It's a beautiful thing. One of the signs that they belong to Jesus was they got rid of stuff. So maybe the Lord's speaking to your heart. What is it in your life that you perhaps need to get rid of that may be hindering your walk with the Lord? <laughs> Like I said, I do believe when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, it is essential to tear down any idols in our life. The biggest idol in our life, if we're going to be honest, is ourselves, me, myself, and I, what I will, what I think is right, right, what I think is wrong, what I think is timely, what, what I think I should do, you know, living for ourselves is the biggest idol, And that's why Jesus Christ said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily, right? So deny yourself. It isn't about what I know. It's what's true. What is true? Christ is true. God is true, and let every man be a liar. But to follow Christ is to get rid of idols. And again, maybe it's the mirror for us, right? We just do whatever we want to do. Those days are over. We've given our lives to Christ. What he wants us to do, we should be willing and ready to do it. If he says to jump, we should say, how high, my Lord, anything for you, for you died for me. It's essential. Idols are anything that grip our passions, our affections, and our emotional state above our love and devotion to Christ. I'm going to repeat that with these glasses on. (laughs) Where am I? Idols are anything that grip our passions, our affections, and our emotional state above our love and devotion to Christ. If a person or a thing of this world has a greater emotional grip on you than God does, they or that thing has become your idol. Did that make sense? Yes. What has, who has the greatest emotional pull in your life? Is it money? Is it a career? Is it a relationship? God has to be first above all other loves. If we love anyone more than him, it's sin. If we put anybody above Christ, it is sin. He says we're not even worthy to enter the kingdom of God. He has to be first. And we see in life people really taken by other things in this world. You know, their emotions are high, then their emotions are low, then their emotions are high and their emotions are low, depending on on, 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 on what's going on in their life. They're not even killed. They're not content or at peace. Everything is like up or down and all around. And because their eyes aren't on the Lord, who gives us satisfaction as we fear him, who gives us contentment as we fear him, and he tells us, don't love anything else because if you follow another love, it'll take you up and then it'll take you down. It'll take you sideways and, and, ride and it'll take you off track and it'll become an idol and idols destroy. They destroy us. Why? Because if we're so emotionally attached to things or people that, you know, it, it'll pull us away from our love and service of the Lord. It's like we can't, we won't really follow him the way he intends us to follow him if we put other things first.
0: Amen.
1: You know, and even, you know, if family leaves you because of your faith, what they, which they did in my case, my family's gone, I'm praying for them. But, you know, it's like it's like, even still, putting Christ first, that relationship with my family did not suffer. The separation had to happen so that one day, hopefully they can come to know Christ because Christ took me away from them. And that separation is everything that God needs to work on their heart. And he knows what he's doing. Not all separation is bad. But God calls us to love him above anything. You know what he said in uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 through 39. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 through 39. You can write it down. He says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. There are too many people still living for themselves. They're living for themselves. They're living for other people, for relationships, things. And they're not living for God. All their stock is in people. All their stock is in things. All their stock is in their career. All their stock is in their uh, reputation. All of our stock needs to be in God. In God, because he will never leave us nor forsake us. If you follow somebody, think about it. The the family that I I love, my wife, I love my children. I love all of you guys, you know. But God says, you must love me first. Because this life is short and some of our family members, God forbid, can be here one day and gone the next. Then what will we do? If all of our stock was in them, we would be so crippled and so crushed that it would destroy us and we can do nothing. But but but, but veg out in depression day after day after day after day. And that's not how Christ wants us to live. Some people want to please family so much that if their family says, well, you go to church too much, then they'll get all scared and stop going to church as much. Why? Because they don't want to offend family or friends. And that's why Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, if you deny me before men, then I will deny you before the Father and the angels in heaven. Christ must come first. And if you if we love Jesus first and we get rid of any idols, anything. Some people love their hobbies, I love basketball, tennis, surfing. Those are my kind of things, you know. And it's like I'm not gonna stop doing those, but I can't make a God out of them either. You know, it's it's everything, you know, with God's balance, as he says, you know, and half he's a he's a God of fun, you know. He wants us to have fun as well. But we can't live for those things. I don't live for those things. I live for Jesus Christ. I love my wife more than. Anybody on earth I love my wife more than anyone on earth you know and uh but I love Jesus a little bit more and so I'm 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 thoroughly led by him and convicted by him to love her Does that make sense yes. No what if someone says no that doesn't make sense then what do I do <laughs> 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 All right. Idols. He broke they broke the sacred pillars in pieces, cut down the wooden images and threw down the high places and the altars. Verse 2. And Hezekiah appointed the divisions of priests and Levites according to their divisions, each man according to his service. The priests and the Levites for burnt offerings and peace offerings to serve, to give thanks and to and and to praise in the gates of the camp of the Lord. I love that. He, uh, Hezekiah appointed Levites and the priests, according to their divisions, for their service for the Lord. He just was organizing things, and he appointed to organize, to help uh, the service of the, of the temple. In the same way, as King Hezekiah appointed, we know that Jesus Christ, when he ascended into heaven... He graciously, by his grace, poured out his grace and gave gifts to men. He who who, uh, first descended, then ascended, and then he gave gifts to men. And it's grace. He blessed us all with gifts to be able to, in our place, serve the Lord. Just like King Hezekiah. He's done that for all of us. All of us. And he's given us these gifts so that we serve Him, not so that we, you know, are bench warmers, but that we we put skin in the game and get involved. We were talking on Sunday about the resurrection and the importance of the resurrection. And those who deny the resurrection are, are wrong. And, and as, as believers, if the resurrection didn't happen, then our faith is futile, right? We are still dead in our sins. And so the exhortation on Sunday was if we truly believe in the resurrection, that means you truly believe that when you die, you get a new, better body meant for heaven and that you're going to appear before Christ at the Bema seat. And he's not going to judge you for your sins, but he's going to judge you according to the, your works, like judge your works. You believe in the resurrection. If you do, then you'd be serving him. Because we, I believe I'm going to see him. And I'm going to see him. And what am I going to say? For your glory, I kept the bench warm. I mean, unless we can't, unless we're physically unable to like get out of bed, there's something we can find to do in the house of the Lord. Something. And I say the house of the Lord because you're in the house of the Lord and and he's called me to be the pastor of this house of the Lord. If I was in, some other country, then those in that country would be called called to help there. Because people say, oh, I serve the Lord, but I do it over there, and I do it over here, and I do it over there, and I do it wherever I want. I don't need to to serve in the church. You know, Hezekiah was appointing people for for the service of the temple because they got a refurbished temple. You walked into a church that just was blessed with, with the church, we too. Like our story, have a t- coink I think not. Uh, we need help in children's ministry. You guys don't like kids? Who doesn't like kids? Oh, I don't like kids. Well, you play with your grandkids, huh? But not, not those are my kids. Well, these are the Lord's kids here, come on. These are the Lord's kids. We need help in children's ministry. Oh, that's not my gift. It's not mine either. But I'd be in there if I wasn't here. I really would. And the guys who know me, who've been with me from the old
0: days, I'll do whatever is needed
1: here. I'll, I'll do whatever.
0: Right? I'll sweep. I'll clean. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m.